Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Satiate, the Boulder Nutrition Podcast. I'm Sue Van Rays, your host, functional nutritionist, food psychology specialist, and founder of Boulder Nutrition. I also lead women's wellness and yoga retreats, both locally and internationally. You can find out all about me and my work at bouldernutrition.com. My inspiration with Satiate is to offer you functional nutrition and well-being insights, to share with you case studies and stories that can act as salve for your soul, to introduce to you some of my favorite experts and special guests from all over the country, and to give you an opportunity to satiate your body, mind, heart, and soul. If you love this podcast, I would be so grateful if you head over to iTunes, subscribe so that you get updates on the latest episodes and leave a review. That way I can get the podcast out to those listeners who need it most. Onward with today's episode and special guest. I'm so excited today to be hosting one of my closest friends and retreat partner for our Eat, Breathe, Nourish retreat in Costa Rica that we lead annually together, and that is my dear friend, Lauren Lewis. Lauren headed west from Pennsylvania in 1999 to attend the University of Colorado Boulder. She fell in love with the mountains, the community, and the lifestyle. After college, Lauren attended the School of Natural Cookery to follow her passion for plant-based cooking. And Lauren has operated as a personal chef and culinary education business for over 13 years. In 2000, Lauren fell deeply in love with yoga. Yoga and mindful cooking have such congruency And Lauren has found a deep passion aligning these two practices in her workshops, retreats, and one-on-one with clients. Lauren believes that by intuitively attending to our most basic needs, breath, movement, and healing food, we can show up fully to live our most vital lives. Lauren's approachable style embodies the mantra, think less, feel more. When not in the kitchen or on the mat, Lauren can be found playing in the mountains with her amazing husband, adorable son, and furry pup. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. It's a little different than our normal podcast style because Lauren and I today are interviewing each other about the many lessons of love that we have learned through leading together, through leading retreats and all that we have experienced in that big endeavor of leadership that comes with so much personal growth. So I'm very excited to have this conversation and share it with you, and I hope you enjoy. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about our upcoming 2022 Eat, Breathe, Nourish retreat in Nosara, Costa Rica. After postponing our retreat last January due to the pandemic, we have many participants who have been waiting to join us since last year or even before. And we have just a few spots left for this 
week-long experience that we have designed over the years, including many different elements, such as daily yoga practice, personal transformation and wellness workshops, cooking classes, delicious healing foods that are local and organic, time to rest and restore, and really tap into the blue zone lifestyle that Nosara so deliciously offers. Lots of time to walk on the beach, watch the sunsets together, and spend time connecting to nature and our own true nature. If you're interested in learning more about our retreat or joining us, go ahead and visit boldernutrition.com forward slash Costa dash Rica. It's great to be here with you, Lauren. What a treat to share a podcast with you, my dear friend. Thank you for having me. I feel always so happy to chat with you. So I thought we could start today with just a little check-in. There's obviously a lot of things swirling around in the world, in our small world, in the big world. And I'm wondering how you're doing today. Mm, thanks for, thanks for checking in. It's a lot right now. I almost feel emotional um, even answering that question. <laughs> but yeah. I think that um, I'm okay. You know, I'm good. I'm lucky. I'm fortunate. I'm living in an amazing part of the country and have the access to these mountains that are so grounding. I have a beautiful family, but I do feel the weight of the world more than maybe ever. And I'm doing the best I can um, to really stay well enough to withstand and roll with what's happening. And the intensity feels so small and so personal and also so massive and so, um, communal. And I feel that I'm seeing how important it is to stay healthy or try to stay healthy and to be able to hold space for that personally and collectively. Mm-hmm. How are you? How are you? Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking. Yeah. It's like, I feel a lot of things at the same time lately and it's an interesting edge for me. You know, I feel like I've had so much transition in the last month with kids moving and starting school and starting college. And I feel like very bittersweet about that. And then so grateful, so grateful for my day-to-day and my community and my business and the people that I surround myself with. And yet I feel super heavy you know, I feel heavy with the state of the world and I feel heavy with the state of women's health care and health in this world today. And I feel like the pandemic is, you know, just a- an area that keeps circling back and causing, you know, more and more reflection and more and more separation in ways that is hard. So yeah. I, you know, I just, I think we're just in a really interesting time and I'm just really trying to take care of myself so that I can stay resilient and stay strong. 
and show up for the people that need me. So it's, it's complicated. It's super complicated. Yeah. Well, I've been so lucky to get to have you as a really supportive friend through this past year and a half and way, way many years before that. And um, I'm so glad that we're at least in this together and, and able to navigate and let ourselves fall apart, come back together over and over again. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely feel like we have helped each other through many different hurdles, especially lately in this, you know, these weird times in the world, it's been really, really important to have you in my little pod. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, one of the things that, um, that's amazing about our relationship that I just so deeply value is our ability to co-lead retreats. But um, you started leading retreats way before me. And I ended up getting to join your retreat as the retreat chef uh, before I started teaching yoga and other workshops with you on retreat and became full-fledged partners. So I wanted to ask you, um, why retreats? Why do you love them so much? I know you lead them in Colorado and Costa Rica and Bali, and it's become a really big part of your life and your path. Is there anything specific that really draws you to retreat? Yeah, it's such a good question. It was like one of those organic things that came without really a lot of foresight in the beginning. When I was offered an opportunity to co-lead a retreat in Costa Rica, my very first one, it was a co-ed retreat. I think it was about 15 years ago. Um, And from there, I just felt like I got some sure footing that I maybe wouldn't have gotten without that experience of kind of having someone hold my hand through it the first time. But I do want to say that what I get out of retreat and leading is, is a lot of growth. A lot of my edge comes up. I really have to face some of my own inner dialogue and my own confidence at times and my own sense of adequacy and worthiness. Um, so that's been one major element that's kind of personally influenced me as a teacher and as a student of life as well. And then, you know, being with women on our retreats has really brought forth so much for me as far as just seeing what other people gain in taking time for themselves. And I think that there's a need for a supportive and nourishing environment for people to take a pause and to maybe gain perspective or insight for themselves, to maybe learn some new tools, to have the space and time to like slow down, which I think so many of us just don't carve out for ourselves because we feel so busy. And seeing the participants that we bring together and that I, you know, I share with in different, different countries and different time zones and different places around the world. And with participants from all over the world, this common thread of people having space to just touch in with themselves in whatever way they need. And it makes me so happy to see people taking care of themselves. Um, One little story of a woman who came on my retreat to Bali many years ago, she uh, had four kids, single mom, 
and had just left her career as a lawyer. And she really wanted to take naps on our retreat. Like she would skip things sometimes so that she could nap. And some other participants were like curious about that. And where is she? And why isn't she always here with us? And, you know, of course I wanted her to participate, but I was so happy for taking care of herself after such output in her life for so many years in career, in motherhood, in, you know, taking care of so many different elements. Um, And it looks different for everyone, but being able to recognize and see that there is a need for us to take a pause and to just give ourselves space, whatever that looks like, big or small, sometimes it's, sometimes it's tiny, but those tiny moments can be impactful too. And so that's really the deep inspiration for me is I think it's a need that most of us can relate to. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to carve out time. Yeah. And I know like you and I are both very busy and we both have had many different pieces of our lives that overlap as far as things that are our obstacles for carving out time. But I'm curious, I know that's a priority for you, but I also can see sometimes where you tell me that it's hard for you. And I'd love to hear just sort of how you do that. How do you carve out time for yourself? Yeah, it's a work in progress to say the least. I love being busy. It's a pattern of mine. I think I, at some point established that busyness equals more valuable (laughs) and, uh, and I've been trying to unravel that pattern for a while. I have a seven-year-old and a career and a husband and a full life. And it's super easy to override my needs to keep the ship afloat and, um, I also know that I absolutely have to prioritize my wellness or the ship doesn't stay afloat, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so um, I actually remember going for a hike with a friend of mine many years ago who said she puts in her calendar her care, whatever that is, a yoga class, a nap, a, a hike, a date with a friend, as if it's work. She like labels it work. And then when she talks to someone, she's like, I can't, I have to work at that time. And I, uh, ever since then, I kind of do that. My, my yoga class, my rest, my hike counts as part of my daily work and I schedule it in and I'm just, I've become quite rigorous with it and protective of it. And a a retreat is a major, (laughs) major, um, carving out of time, but the benefits are profound. I know that you have different challenges with carving out time with such a busy career and four kids that you're taking care of and loving and helping navigate big transitions. And um, do you have any special skills or challenges around that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's changing and it's a lot of perspective for me that has also shifted. Like one thing that came to mind is when my kids were little and I just, my two biological kids at home, single parenting. And I remember this one day where Ari was offered a play date and um, it was like a two and a half hour play date, I think. And I remember by the time I drove to and from 
the actual house, there was, I think about an hour and 15 minutes left for me to, you know, take care of myself. And I really wanted to hike Mount Sanitas um, that day. And I could barely fit it in to the point where I think I remember asking the, the mom, the other mom, if she would extend the play date by 15 minutes mm-hmm. so that I could fully hike Mount Sanitas um, that Saturday morning or whatever. And so like, I remember when it was so challenging to carve out any time. And I also, in the beginning, you know, I used to only lead one retreat a year because my parents would come to babysit my kids for the most part. 90% of the time. And that involved them coming out here and they loved to be with my kids, but they're from Vancouver, Canada. It wasn't like a hop, skip and a jump. And so it's evolved a lot. Um, I re- also remember when my kids were little that I was so committed to getting up 15 or 20 minutes before them on school days, because that 15 or 20 minutes where I could have the house quiet and take care of myself, maybe journal or meditate, or just sit there in the quiet, just like absorbing quiet space, felt like this ingredient in my day that became essential. Like I, I guarded that similar to how you're speaking of guarding your schedule with your, um, all the things that you do for yourself. I guarded that 20 minutes fiercely for like 15 years. And I swear it was like, if you were to ask me, like, what was your secret to single parenting? I think it would be that 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. So <laughs> now that my kids are older and like, I can teach more, I can travel more, I can, you know, expand my retreat business, which is really what's been happening. It's, um, it is like a gift, but the inner dialogue still comes up. The guilt still comes up the challenge of carving out time where I don't just like accidentally, you know, kind of push it to the side and like, let something else take over. It's still there. I still have to be very guarded around my time and very careful with my time. But I think the interesting thing is really just old patterns die hard. And it's hard when we are so used to doing things on fast mode all the time keeping that hamster wheel going. And I just absolutely have to keep checking myself. So yeah, it's kind of a blessing to have you as such a close friend who's like, just, you know, down the road a little further that you show me the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully I can, because, you know, as I said, like, it's interesting, our obstacles, a lot of them are internal. A lot of them are how we think. And It's so easy to make excuses. It's so easy to be busy and to, yeah, for me, I think I'm like you. I've always been a busy person since I was like literally born. Um. (laughs) I might write that down as like a quote. It's so easy to be busy. I think it's actually easier to be busy than to relax. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, exactly what you said, busyness can easily could be correlated to what we think of as our value, our worthiness, that we feel like we're being productive, that, you know, slowing down is, is definitely challenging for me. I'm practicing it hardcore, like really practicing it, but it is definitely needing practice. So, um, yeah. So I guess, you know, we just keep taking little baby steps. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And retreat retreats and leading retreats specifically really, I think helps with so much growth. Have you felt that leading 
retreats has taught you any major lessons in regards to how to create space or even anything beyond that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I first led retreats, I would literally give and give and give and give for like an entire week. And I wasn't really taking my own like solitude or solace seriously. I just wanted to take care of everyone else and have made, make sure that they had a good experience. I wasn't getting the fact that if I wasn't taking care of myself during retreats, that, um, that that would actually impact how well I led. And it got to the point where there's this thing that happens when I go to Bali and I can almost feel guilty, like telling you this because it sounds ridiculous. But when I go to Bali, um, the beautiful people that work at the retreat center that I have a pretty close relationship with at this point, they bring me coffee. And like, I know that sounds like, like, first of all, it sounds like I'm getting super pampered and I am, but also it allows me to spend my morning totally with myself until I'm fully ready to like show up for everyone else. And I wake up really early in Bali because of the time change. (laughs) So it's interesting because I'll have like from five in the morning until like eight in the morning or something before we start. And that time where I can kind of like do my own practice in my room and, you know, kind of be quiet. It reminds me of that time when I used to get up before my kids. Um, But it's, it's, it's really taught me that for me to lead well, I, I really need to prioritize myself. And also that once again, the inner dialogue can be such a hindrance when we are, you know, showing up in front of a group of people every day. And the more I can ground myself and stay connected to myself, the more I can manage through those moments where, you know, we feel like there's a challenge, a challenging dynamic, or we feel like, you know, hormonal or tired or whatever it is that we have going on individually. And then we still can hopefully, you know, show up and give when we are needed. And that's, I think the most impactful piece for me, because being a pleaser, it's very hard for me to prioritize myself. So that's another piece of leading that has become like such a teacher for me. That's awesome. Like that most, most quintessential saying you can't pour from an empty vessel. Exactly. Yeah. And I know that you and I've shared many moments, um, where that has been reflected to one or both of us strongly. And do you have any stories about that? I mean, going back, we have so many moments and so many funny anecdotes and so many stories. What would you say has been one that jumps out for you? Yeah, I mean, we've definitely honed and learned and and grown. And I think that there's a million places that we've maybe over done it on a retreat, but I think the, first, <laughs> the main story that's just so probably still in my nervous system is when we, I'm sure you feel the same way. Remember when we um, decided that it would be possible to not only completely host a retreat at a private retreat center. So no staff support, but also we thought we could cook three meals a day, teach mm-hmm. workshops. Yeah. And 
space. <laughs> that was like the most ridiculous expectation of ourselves, I think, oh that God. I've ever experienced. I think like the, fr- we made, I, I created a menu. I'm a chef and, uh, you know, um, and you are an amazing um, chef as well. But I, I feel like I just thought I could do it, you know? So I remember creating the menu in advance and then realizing we had to walk to and from the store in Costa Rica along the beach to gather ingredients. And I mean, we were walking to the store twice a day to get last minute things. And we just had a one small fridge and we were teaching cooking classes and doing every single dish. That was, um, I think by the end of the first day, we both realized that we had made a terrible mistake. I want to just say that I remember when you sent me the menu, like the week before the retreat and I was like reading it. And then I went to bed that night and I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, how are we going to like do this? And I had this like premonition of like, this menu is beautiful and elaborate. And of course our program was what I considered to be beautiful and elaborate as well. And I just remember like being like, are you sure we can do this? (laughs) I'm like, no problem. (laughs) But then I also remember walking on the beach, our favorite beach and, you know, kind of debriefing after a couple of days and being like, what are we doing? (laughs) We need a new model. Do you remember that? We need a new model that is more sustainable for this retreat so that we can like, you know, basically try not, we don't have to be superheroes to lead the retreat either. We learned our capacity and we completed the retreat and it was, yeah. the food was great. And the food was great. <laughs> we were it, tired, but it was really great. It, I was, we were tired. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we never did it again. We never did that model again. No, it was so, like a big, hard lesson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those big, hard lessons are where huge growth happens. And so I'm, I'm glad we went through that. Me too. And I look back at it now and it really does make me laugh because it sounds hysterical that we thought we could do that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Um, as far as like things that have been our biggest challenges and our biggest successes, do you have any of those moments that you would share? Yeah, I, I think that it's been um, one of the most growth inducing things that I've ever done to, is to co-lead a retreat. I think not only do we grow individually, but we learn how to grow in relationship, which is, I think, a profound, uh, skill. And every year you and I work really closely together in a way that's almost like a kind of intimate relationship. And so in that there's almost a mirror being shined right back to see where your patterns are. My patterns are where we um, go into old ways of thinking about ourselves or inadequacies. And Mm -hmm. I think that getting through those has been a tremendously healing thing for me to have a partner and a friend, um, that we know that we can do the hard stuff together and, and actually grow from it. And like with deep trust that 
both of our showing up is for the greater good of our relationship and both of our individual work paths. Um, I think huge success in just trusting myself personally to be able to take on something like holding space for a large group of incredible people that all have individual challenges. And yeah, it's been, it's been so beautiful and not always like clean and graceful, but so worth it to lead retreat. And I also say that each person that shows up on retreat brings something that offers goodness, growth, intelligence to the entirety of the group, including us as facilitators. Yeah. And there's just kind of this beautiful unfolding each year in its own uniqueness that that's made a huge impact on my life. How about you? I, you know, a lot of what you're saying, I can just totally underscore with my own perception, but similar where, you know, we have led many successful and beautiful retreats at this point where I feel like women have come together for various reasons and then stayed connected, which makes me so happy when I see that where like, for example, you know, they become Facebook friends or they become surf buddies or various things. I remember uh, after one of our retreats where we had a couple of little gatherings with some of the local women that were with us. And those things feel so special to me that, you know, we can find the weaving of this tapestry of so many different people that mostly don't know each other and come together. And then here we are for a week in our case, like figuring it out together and connecting and learning from each other. And there's just so much diversity in the group of groups of women that we, we bring. Um, And within that, I think there's also the challenge of finding a way to support each of those individuals in what they need and you know, to kind of be able to use that for our own catalyst for growth and for our own healing. I find that I learned so many things that I would never have expected, both just from conversations with our participants, but also with, you know, just what each of them are going through and what you know, what we can do to be there for each other. And, you know, with them, when it comes to you and I, I mean, it's like, I feel like we've gotten it very close to down as far as being able to recognize when one of us is tired or struggling or irritable or needs a break or is having something come up around home or kids or concern or missing our family or whatever it is. Um, And you know, that, that comes, I think with you and I doing this for a long time together and spending those conversations, being willing to be open and vulnerable. Um, totally transparent. You know, it is, it's like, it's, I I remember telling somebody that you and I've had to do a lot of work on our friendship because of leading together. And they said something like, really, you guys are both so great. What do you mean? And it's like, oh yeah, but we come up against our edge sometimes when we're together leading and we have to hold the space for, you know, a week. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. And to be able to work through that with you is really 
impactful for me. Thank yeah. you. Healing is mutual. It's been huge and, and challenging and then ultimately so beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So we're looking forward to January 29th, 2022 to get back there. And we have an incredible, yeah. oh my gosh, we missed last year because of the pandemic we had to cancel, which was heartbreaking and also necessary. And yeah. so this is a long time coming. Is there anything you're just totally excited about specifically? Well, the first thing, like I think of just the beaches of Costa Rica, Nosara is a place I've gone back to so many times in my life and it feels like home away from home for sure. Um, there's all these different elements of our retreat that I know both of us cherish because we created them because we feel like they're so important. Um, and so I could go on and on for sure. But one, one visual that's been coming to me all year, I think it was right around the time that we had, we had a basically postpone our 2021 retreat. And that is there's, um, a couple of evenings during our week together in Costa Rica, where we have live music. And I wouldn't have thought this was a highlight because, you know, there's other places to go see live music, but there is something about dancing and listening to live music and watching all of our participants, like shake it on the dance floor and let go and just be themselves and to be part of that with our group. It has been just something that keeps coming into my mind. Like, I can't wait for that, that moment. And it's like the funniest thing. Cause I also can't wait to like walk on the beach and eat delicious food and sit in like a circle of amazing women. And there's so many things I'm looking forward to, but I think it's just like, also like we've all been through a lot and that feeling of dancing and celebrating together is like, I haven't done that really in a while, you know? So yeah, that's, the metaphor and the non-metaphor of what I'm most excited about. <laughs> what are you most excited about? That's fun. Now I'm looking forward to that moment as well. I think I maybe two years ago when we were last there was more, um, what's the word, like conservative or shy than I will be when we get back there. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I will take it because <laughs> uh, I won't take those moments for granted. Right. Um, I, the, the, when you ask me that, the, the, I have like a funny one that comes to mind. Well, too, I'm food oriented. I love to eat and I really like not doing dishes and I really like, um, rhythm with a schedule. So I think about showing up and knowing that every morning at the same time, breakfast is served every morning at the same time, we create the practice every morning at the same or every afternoon at the same time we have our workshop. And my body does so well with cadence like that. And I just mm -hmm. don't, somehow don't find it in my regular life as much as I think I would benefit, but retreat, it brings that rhythm. Mm -hmm. And when I think we're in a rhythm, almost biologically, there's just a, a ease or a health that happens. Yeah. And then the other thing that's totally ridiculous is that, um, I really like going to bed at the end of the night really early and closing my door and turning my air conditioning in the jungle to the temperature that I want and no one else has to chime in about and reading. 
<laughs> or journaling. At, at home, I feel like there's always other people to take into account. And I just really like that last moment when the day is complete and my body is satiated and I've spent plenty of time in nature and practice to then just lay there and, and be alone. I really like being alone. And I think we do a really good job through learning the hard way that part of retreat is carving out time to be alone. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite parts of our retreat is that we've learned through the years that most everyone comes on retreat to get out of the rat race or the grind. And so on Wednesday, the halfway point, we always give a full day off where people can lay in bed or read or lay by the pool or go on an excursion. And it's, it's pretty profound what happens because we can witness our tendencies of like fill the day Mm -hmm. sometimes to just not fill the day and like go for a long walk and lay down under a palm tree and, you know, swim in the pool and have a random chat with a friend and those kind of things unscheduled or real medicine. Mm. I can't wait to get there. Me too. I just want to say that I'm glad you brought up our schedule because I think early on we discovered that really keeping a super consistent cadence within our schedule, we've done that for a long time. And I think it's basically because you and I both crave that and it works so well for us. And I think based on the research and, you know, the science, like our circadian rhythms are so much happier when we have that consistent cadence. And so I just want to say, like, I'm right there with you. That always feels so good to me. And I strive for that at home and I can get it more and more as I practice, but it is, it is nice to have that kind of inherently happening in our days down there. So yay. Can't wait. So we have a handful of spots left for participants and we just want to let you know that if you're interested, we would love to chat with you about joining us. You can also find out a lot of details by visiting boldernutrition.com slash Costa dash Rica. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, what a year and a half this has been and what an amazing gift that we can give ourselves time to integrate it all together in the space of a beautiful circle of women on beautiful beaches and taking good care of ourselves. Such a gift. I am super ready and we're less than five months away. Oh yeah. It's going to come quick, especially now that everyone's going back to school and the fall is kicking into gear. I feel like it's right around the corner. Thanks for talking with me. Yeah. Thank you for talking with me too. And I'm really glad that we can come together to share some of these insights and some of the things we've learned. I, I'm just grateful that we've been able to create such a robust and like deep partnership in this work. It's very supportive and very helpful for me. Me too. Love you. Thank you so much for joining me today on this special episode of Satiate. I want to send you off with wholehearted wishes for your health and happiness and that we meet here again very soon. 
Thanks for listening.